Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We are your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, December 9th. What's going on, Al? What's going on? What's up, man? In today's episode, we're going we're gonna to do a little review, recap of the games from this past week. Jonathan Isaac being assigned to the Lakeland Magic and uh, some updates around Paolo Bancaro. But before we get into those episodes, I wanted to kind of just drop um, – you know, a little comment that we've read actually just a few moments before we started the podcast. We weren't initially going to talk about it, but and eh, why not? Um, so Shaquille O'Neal just came out with his brand new documentary um, on HBO. And um, there was some quotes coming from Penny Hardaway pretty much saying, um, and I'll pull up the exact quote right here, um, stating that, Man, it was weird to watch him go to L.A. and to win championships. I really felt like Orlando had the same talent. We would have been able to mold the team around Shaq and myself. I was happy for him, but I was like, man, it, it should it should have been me. And I feel like this isn't the first time that we've heard this from Penny Hardaway. There's one thing that, you know, we've we've at least um, got the vibe from or or heard a little bit. If you remember the. The um, documentary that came out, this magic moment, you know, Shaquille O'Neal had, you know, he always has high praise um, in regards to Penny Hardaway. He always talks about how, you know, Penny was the the Kobe before Kobe, and he always talks really highly about him. Um, but it's a reminder that in a different universe, in this this multiverse somewhere out there, not not here, but in other places, you know, the Orlando Magic would have about at least nine championships. At this point, from the what ifs to, you know, Shaquille O'Neal actually panning out for the Orlando Magic more than it's his very short, you know, tenure here. But when you when you hear comments like that, I mean, does it what what does it do to you? Does it does it hurt you a little bit? Is it just like, dude, get over it? Like when when you really when you really dissect it, like what, what are your thoughts? What do you what do you take from those comments? I mean, I think there's a bit of pain in there. But also a little bit of like, hey, we got to get over this because we know, we know that if they had stayed together, they had stayed healthy in the case of Penny, they would have won at the very least, in my mind, at least one or two at the very least. So then you add the what if of, hey, what if Tim Duncan would have come to the Magic in, 20, in 2000 and pair with T-Mac? That's another at least one or two more. And then Dwight, if they had actually stayed together, that core that they had, instead of breaking it up, keep it together a year or two longer. You never know. Maybe another championship there. So you're looking at about maybe four to five rings in a matter of 20-something years uh, in Magic history, 30 years. Man, I would trade anything in the world to, to be able to say that we got at least two championships, or one for that matter. Instead, we sit here today and we look back at these quotes and we're like, man, what, what could have been? Um, but I agree with him. I think if they had stayed together, for sure, at the very least, two championships in the city of Orlando. Yeah, and I'm I'm reading some of the comments um in regards to like people posting under underneath the the quote that we read. And people are I don't I don't know if they just didn't know or understand who Penny Hardaway was, but mad disrespectful talking about how that there's no way that Shaq would have been able to win or been as successful 
with Penny Hardaway as he was with Kobe Bryant. Like I, I think that I'm not, I'm not saying Penny Hardaway was, um, was better than Kobe. I'm not, I'm not even getting into that type of debate. No. But man, Penny was nice, man, nice, and he was so ahead of his time. Like you, you look at a player that was so athletic, big combo guard. Like the dude was nasty with with his offensive aggression to playmaking to all the above, man. It's it's it sucks in a way that people forget him just because he he his his time uh, of elite status was very very short lived. And one of the things that I love is the fact that he is coaching in Memphis. And he's kind of keeping that alive. Like, if anyone were to ever question him in any way, all this man has to do is like show a highlight reel of his 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 best plays, and that that's a wrap, man. Just shut up, sit down, listen, listen to me, man. I got, you know, I I got I got the medals, the credentials to be able to really know what I'm talking about because you know Penny Penny was that dude. He was, man. I mean, again, like you said, we cannot compare Kobe to Penny. That's a whole different conversation. But not only Penny and Shaq, but the team they had around them, right? So they had Horace Grant. They had um, all this sh- shooting around the team. So they had a team that was built to win. It's just a matter of Shaq leaving a little bit too early, unfortunately, for reasons we already know. But if you leave that team together three, four more years, again, unless injuries got in the way, which eventually they caught on to Penny. If that was the case, maybe that gets in the way. But if it didn't, that's another what if, right? I don't see how the NBA at that time can stop Shaq and Penny at their prime going out every night with the team they have built in Orlando. Just, I think at the very least one ring for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the magic is still a really, really young team. If you're comparing like um, an age compared to Boston Celtics, New York Knicks, like teams like that. Um, And the magic have already made it to the finals at least twice. And, and something that I've always, something that's always been my argument is that the Magic always find a way to to get back on top, right? We always find a way um, from Shaq era to Dwight era, and now we're we're kind of going into what I'm hoping is Apollo Bancaro era. Um, I think that these last decade has been really, really, really rough. Man. Rough the the, Vo- the Vooch, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon era, to where we've kind of lost our our argument. Um, in a sense, where we really is kind of like, yeah, man, we haven't had a great product on the floor. It 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 is what it is, and there's absolutely nothing that we can do about it because we went through you know that rebuild, and then we're turning that rebuild that rebuild down to then go into this rebuild that that we're in now. And I think you know that adds a lot of the frustrations to the Magic fan base. People want to start winning now just because we've been losing for a really really long time. Um, and I and I think that. You know, we were what promised a championship by 2030, right? We're getting there seven we're, more we're, years, yeah. We're <laughs> but I mean, if you if you were to really like fast forward time, right? Um, seven years is a very, very polished Franz Wagner and Paulo Bancaro, right? That's very, very prime. polished, yeah, yeah. You're you're looking at what Paulo being 27 years old, 27, 28, so you're you're looking at the magic at that point really really competing in, in an east that you know five six years from now is going to look really really different you're, you're not you're not scared of the kevin durant anymore Giannis is going to be a lot older obviously you know the the heavy hitters in the east you know there's going to be a whole new crop you're still going to have to you know battle out with you know the jason tatums of the world and and whatnot but you know they're I think that we're rebuilding at 
at the right time. Um, and we're really, really fortunate to be in the position that we're at because we're, we'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit. But, you know, the the magic have, you know, we, we have a lot of, of, of paths that we can go through, right? The new draft pick, Chicago pick, uh, what will the magic do with it? We have to eventually consolidate the young pieces that we have. Uh, do we trade those in to be able to get more vet players? Do we trade it in to be able to bring, you know, the Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers, what similar to what they did on that team for, for us? I honestly couldn't even tell you who that player would be for us. Like I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't win. When we started talking about like free agency and, and trade, um trade pick like i have no idea who the hell i would go after i'm so <laughs> confused by our roster like we have a lot of great young pieces but i honestly i i have no idea there's like i don't know i couldn't tell it's you. gonna come down to filling the pieces or filling the voids of those players that are young right now that never develop so god forbid i'll throw a name out there god forbid jalen sucks cannot stay healthy, cannot play well, can never shoot the ball like we expect him to. Well, guess what? That means we need either a point guard or a shooting guard. So you have to go out there and replace that, you know, the fifth pick in the draft that you had high hopes for. You got to either trade him to replace him or something among those lines. J.I. can never come back and stay healthy. Well, guess what? We got Paolo now that is basically replacing him. So it's honestly, I keep saying this, we cannot fall in love too much with anyone in this roster besides maybe Paolo now, Franz, and that's about it, because everyone else being tested, everyone else being uh, observed to see how they fit around those two guys. And I think that's how you're going to figure out what do we need? Is it a point guard? Is it a shooting guard that we need? Is it a whatever it may be? That's how we're going to find out what we need is who doesn't fit around Paolo and what do we need around them to make it work? Because right now it's just we're testing. We're trying to see who can make it. Um, but to your point, it, it, the East right now is really competitive. If you were trying to win today, how far can we make it? Play in tournament? realistically speaking at best so i think we'll talk about in a few minutes that the quote that paulo had this week but i think patience is needed and we need to realize that ourselves because even going back a few weeks ago in our episodes we're talking about playing tournament winning 35 36 games that's ideal we want that but is it the right move i don't know not in this east in my mind yeah and what makes this season so important is the fact that Eventually, at one point, doesn't feel like it now, but at one point this season, we're going to be able to look at our team and say, "Okay, we're we're finally healthy, right? We finally got Markel Fultz back. He's playing more and more minutes, starting to get back into his groove." Um, Jonathan Isaac, will we're going to touch on that next, but um, it, it 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 comes to a point where now, and I, I don't I don't want to throw it into the air like that, but let's say let's say knock on wood. Markel Fultz does get hurt again. Like at that point, dude, you've already did everything in your power to make sure this kid is healthy, that he has all the support around him that he needed, that it's 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 goal time at this point. If he got hurt again, like there's only so much time that you're you're really able to invest. Like at, at that point, it's kind of like, okay. So obviously Markel is not a part of the future. Obviously, we have to go a different direction. I feel like even now, the Magic are still trying to figure out, you know, what they have with Markel Fultz. Like, Markel Fultz, in my opinion, 
is not set is not set in stone. Like he's nope. Like do you, would you consider Markel Fultz to be a core piece of this team? I'll say it this core. way: I want him to be, mm-hmm. but realistically speaking, because of his health issues that he's had over the years, he is not. Like he has to prove that he fits. Especially that, now that we have Paulo and Franz kind of being these two kids that we know we can build around. He's got to fit their play style. But be honest though, like Paulo and Franz need the ball in their hands to create and to do things that they want to do. And Markel needs the ball in his hands to create and be a point guard. That's what he does best. So that can be an issue right there. So it's it's going to come down to health and production. Like not for nothing. I know we haven't talked about games yet, but we just come off that great win against the Clippers, Clippers last night. Yep. Markel was not noticeable at all in that game. One point, missed every shot, um, had some silly turnovers in that game. Not going to blame it on him by any means because he's getting caught on. He's finally playing significant minutes for the first time since 2020. So it's going to take some time for him to kind of catch up. But to your point, like we we are observing to see how do we make this team? How do we shape this team? Um, he's got to step up and he's got to also remain healthy. If not, I believe, and I'm going to look it up right now, his contract is not guaranteed next year. Um, so if he does get hurt again, do you just say, hey, we tried everything we could. Let's cut ties and give Cole Anthony some serious run of point guard, Jalen Suggs, or if we get one of the top two picks, whatever it may be, Scoot Henderson. You draft a point guard and kind of say, we're going to build through this point guard now instead. So a lot up in the air right now when it comes to who's a core member and who isn't. I really want Markel Foles to pan out. Yeah. I really do. You're talking about a former number one pick, um, a player that was absolutely like, so this season, this draft, there was no you know, consensus number one. <clears throat> For Markel's draft season, he was the consensus. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they had already like printed out his his name on the back of the Sixers jerseys after they made that trade, and had already put it in the locker room. Like it was done, it was set. Like he yep. was that nice. Um, and obviously injuries was a struggle. There was some some mental block that was a struggle as well. He's at a point where he's happy. He's happy with the environment. He has everything at his you know, disposal to be able to be the player that he was as long as he stays healthy, right? People, you know, they throw these, oh, he's, he's a bust. He's not, he's not what, what people thought, blah, blah, blah. And all right, maybe he's not at that caliber that, that people were expecting. He's a really freaking good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. He, Three-point shooting is, is, not, is not great. But you know what? He's not afraid to shoot it. Exactly. Yeah, I do see a I'm little Ben hes- Simmons. Yeah, I do see a little hesitation. Yeah, the shot form was never going to be as perfect as people wanted to be. But damn it, he shoots it. Like yep. if he's wide open, he'll hesitate. Got to work on that. But he's just getting back. He's he's getting in the groove of it, and I and I think that eventually is is gonna is gonna turn around. Um, I want to get into the games real quick. Um, but before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon members, Blake Bickerstaff, Court Cousins, Steven, Danimal, Casey Wood, Finn's Fan for Life, Michael Martin, Jamel Martin, uh, Jamel Miller, excuse me, Mr. Mikey, Zico, Dylan, Yadi, and Yo Mama Mo Bamba. I appreciate you guys for the support. We have a lot of great conversations in our Discord. Everyone's really engaged, and we we stay up to date with a lot of the Orlando Magic things going on, and uh, we'll, we'll be doing a giveaway soon. On that yes, note, sir. let's get into the games. So since our last episode, four games, lost against Cleveland, lost against Toronto, lost against Milwaukee, and we were really getting to a point where 
man, this could be this could get really bad really, really fast. But oh, here comes the Clippers. The Magic always find a way to um to kind of reel you back in, in a sense, where they won't let it get too bad. They'll they'll steal one away. And we and I, I called this out in the last episode that we'll we'll find a way to to at least win one of them. And damn it, we we were able to do that. 116-111 win against the LA Clippers, a Clippers team that had Paul George, had Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, they were monitoring their minutes, but they were still in the game. Um, so we saw a lot of really great things from Paolo Bancaro, a lot of great things from Franz, obviously. Mo Wagner is somebody that I really, really miss watching on the basketball court because you don't you don't expect to see the things that he he does right you think that he's just an energy guy you think that you know he's just going to come in and, and give a lot of effort which he does but man he's 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 sneaky sneaky good right not taking over Wendell Carter good but definitely taking over Mobamba good for um, sure what, what were your thoughts on that game man the Clippers let's I'm only going to talk about the Clippers game just because the other games were not as great that that Milwaukee score kind of deceives you a little bit it's like oh we made a run at the end we made it interesting but it was a blowout most of the game so those first three games we saw a lot of what we've seen before we saw a lot of kind of defense being an issue rebounding being an issue um even with Markel on the court the only exciting thing out of those three games was we saw Markel hit the 30 minute mark for the first time again since 2020 so we can see that he's finally feeling healthy staying out there on the court. So that was exciting. But last night, that first quarter was horrible. I think we were down, what, 16, 18 points. I was ready. I was like, hey, we're going to be here on a 10-game losing streak. It's only going to get uglier because we have a tough schedule coming up here. And what do you know? The second half came and the magic came alive. Um, and it was a weird game. Like that first half, Paolo didn't have it going. Like we said earlier, Markel was struggling. Franz was struggling. It was truly just ball, ball and Mo Wagner that kept us kept us alive. A little Mobamba, a little Cole Anthony in there, but it was a mess early on. And then the fourth quarter started, and Franz Wagner did what he's been doing lately, which is that fourth quarter is his quarter to start off. Like he just kind of goes on a little run on his own and gets us back in the game. He did it on Monday against Milwaukee, he did it against the Clippers on Wednesday night. Um, and then to wrap it up, Paolo, man, Paolo was amazing in that in that overtime period. He started the quarter with a dunk. Uh, I think he had another layup after that. And then he ended up hitting like six free throws in a row, which were huge because he's been struggling shooting free throws lately. But when it mattered, he made them. Um, so it was exciting, man. I was at the game last night. The arena was electric. That fourth quarter, late into it, into overtime, nobody sat down. Um, I tweeted that. I'm like, this, I'm, I've, I've missed that. We got some of that energy. The first maybe five games they played at home. And then when the losing started, we, people just kind of lost interest. Um, but it's funny how the moment the Magic play a little bit better and they give the crowd a little bit of energy to stand up, to cheer, to, to represent, they do it. Um, was, there, so, was there a lot of Clippers fans in attendance? Of course. Uh, they're also Lakers fans. They're also Knicks fans. <laughs> and they're also Celtics fans. But yeah, you Dude, can see that. I, 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 always find it, I, always, I always find it so crazy, our, our dynamic. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, how how many fans is there really in Orlando in Central Florida that legit have like Clippers jerseys in their in their closet? Like they they legit watch every single Clippers game. They listen to Clipper podcasts. Like they're they're legit like full blown in Orlando. They're circling that date of when Clippers are coming to town to go watch them. Like teams like the Lakers, I I get 
Celtics. Yeah. I can't, but dude, the Clippers. Like there's not there's not even Clippers fans in, in LA. LA. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the two teams that surprised me the most with that lately have been the the Clippers. One, there was quite a few. The Grizzlies, when um they came last year, a ton of fans wearing Grizzlies gears. I'm like, wait, why? Like, since when do we have so many Grizzlies fans in Orlando? But, um, but oh, like like a team like the the I, that I understand. I I get it. Up and coming, they're fun to watch. But you're you're talking about a Clippers team that they haven't even had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Like healthy together since they've signed in LA, I just I I find it I find it so crazy. So it's, I'm happy that we were able to get that win. Stuff like that mm-hmm. really pisses me off, just because it's it doesn't make sense. Going to say Warriors, I I get it to an extent. I get it. You know, like example A. Ow, I I understand, right? Um, but the Clippers, I don't, and it doesn't. I don't yeah, it. but I will tell you what, there was a lot of Clippers fans, but noise wise, you couldn't hear them. Maybe oh, once or it. twice. Magic it. fans legitimately, they've been doing a great job this year. I don't mm-hmm. think not once the arena has been taken over by the away teams just yet. So the Magic fans that That's are good. going to games are doing a great job kind of maintaining that that support for the Magic and, and avoiding those away teams from taking over. Um, but to sum it up, man, I think it just it felt great to finally win a game. Um, I think we talked about it last week. In my mind, I shifted. I'm no longer going to games, you know, crazy thinking we got to win, we got to win. I'm enjoying my time. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Um, but it was great to finally see again the team win. They needed it, man, because they've been playing so hard. They've been hurt so badly. Just for morale purposes, they needed the win. They needed to come out and, and just experience what winning feels like on a game like last night where Paul George played, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard played. Um, so it's great for the young guys. I don't know if it'll last and we'll win You know, three in a row here. I don't think so. But that one win, it was great to see at least. Yeah, Magic ended up snapping a nine-game losing streak, so really, really happy to see them have that win. Now, I have a question, right, because mm-hmm. that game, there was a lot of conversation afterwards really about Markel taking, you know, like uh, the game-winning possession, right, where where he could have won the game. We're, we're talking about Markel Foles, 28 minutes, only scored one point, two rebounds, four assists, zero from four from the field goal. Like, when when the game is on the line, who who do you want to take that last shot? Markel Foles took it. And here's here's my thing, right? I don't have an issue with Markel Foltz taking the last shot. As long as it's not a shot. <laughs> like you want to like, I'm I'm confident, I'm confident Markel Foltz mid-range game. I really, I really am. Not yet. Not in the beginning. The dude just got back. Give him some time, right? Um, in my opinion, Markel Fultz, there was enough time for him to drive to the basket. And he is very creative with the basketball, very creative when he's penetrating, that he can get to the rim, right? I didn't like the fact entirely that he settled for a mid-range. Like I didn't like it, especially if you're you're already, you know, struggling throughout the game and I, I wish that we would have went a different a different way, but let, let me get your thoughts. What what did you think about that? Exactly what you're saying. Uh, I don't know why that ball didn't get swung to France. Pick and roll with Paolo, and you make something happen out of those two. Um, also, I'm not a fan of just because the game is tied, you have time on the clock, you let it burn, and you just take the last second mid-range or three-point shot. Like I'm a fan of, hey, you got five seconds left, go. 
try to make something happen. Try to drive to the basket, find an open shooter, or try to, like you said, go for a layup, try to get fouled, something. Um, not a fan. We basically just wasted the clock, and Markel just drove, took a step back mid-range, missed it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a little confused as to why mostly would call that play there. I would have preferred, again, give it to France, top of the key. He did that a lot in the fourth quarter. He was very successful. Pick and roll, make something happen out of that. Whether it's Paolo coming off that pick or his brother, Mo, something good will come out of that. But I don't understand that either. Uh, I think on Twitter, people were asking the same question. Like, why did Markel twice, not once, but twice, have the ball in his hands with the game on the line? That didn't well, really he, matter. He's, he's going to have the ball in his hands because he's, he's the point guard. But, man, like, the last play... Coaching-wise, the play should be drawn up for either Franz or Paolo. Mm-hmm. Like, there should be a play for that. Or, the, at the very it, least, it should, it should it, they should have the ball. Or, at the very least, you run a play where one of those uh, patented, patented uh, Franz Wagner cut to the basket, right? Where he Markel's kind of faking a drive, but then Franz comes and cuts to the basket. Easy layup, gets fouled, whatever it may be. Something like that. Uh, but not just, again, just pounding the ball, watching the clock go down, and settle for a mid-range. I think they were just content with saying, if we miss, we got overtime. That was kind of the mindset they had. But if you're trying to win games, you're trying to develop these young guys, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, I'm not sure if this question was asked post-game or you know, if if it was mentioned at all. But I, won- I wonder, like, I would love to hear Coach Moses' response in regards to why, why, why do we decide – you know, to go with, with Markel. Now, an acceptable answer, something that I wouldn't mind hearing is, listen, Markel Fultz is, is just getting back. We want to ramp him up to get him to, to you know, regular Markel Fultz. So we know, and one of the ways that we wanted to do that is to put the ball in his hands to see what he's able to do. Like we want, I would accept that response because the flip side to that is Markel hits it. That's a massive confidence booster. Oh, yeah. Right? He has a really, really bad game, only drops one point. But in that moment, he hits that mid-range shot, game winner. That is what everyone's going to be talking about. People are going to be throwing water all over, like the whole <laughs> nine. And and I like that story. It's not it's not a bad story. At the same time, it's like it, it to me, it's just it's an easy decision. Put the ball in Franz or Paolo. Because yeah. with Franz. Franz is is skilled enough to where he can put the ball on the floor. He is skillful enough to where he can shoot the mid range. He can shoot the outside, and you're confident with that shot. Oh, by the way, he's also six foot ten, so he's going to be able to get the shot that he wants. You're you're confident with that play. But all right, let's let's say that Franz isn't available. Great defense, can't get him the ball. Paolo Bancaro is, although a rookie. I'm I, you're living with that. You're living with Paulo. If he if Paulo completely bombs it, I'm o- I'm okay with that. One, you're giving the rookie that confidence. You're giving the rookie that experience. Cole Anthony had two game winning shots his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And with Paulo, he's such a big dude that if he decided to take the ball to the rack and you need a bucket, that's that's an easy trip to the foul line. Yeah. So. I just think that we settled for for the two point, um, and I, I wasn't really happy that Markel Fultz was was the guy to to take that shot. I would have liked to see. I'm not angry with it. Like don't don't get it confused. I'm not angry that he took it. Um, but afterwards, I was kind of like, eh? yeah, like, why? Why? 
Why? Why? Did I think Mar- I think Why? it falls on coaching, right? Because Markel had twenty points on Monday night. So if this whole situation had happened on Monday, Markel had twenty points, season high. You see him kind of playing well. Go for it because he's yes, he's, correct. He has to go in exactly. But you're telling me that this guy again, zero for four, foul trouble most of the game. They didn't have it. I mean, I've seen Markel play multiple times. He didn't have it last night. Whatever it was, I don't know what the reason was. He didn't have it. So as a head coach, you got to know, hey, that's not the move. I, I love you, Markel. Next time it's you. But tonight, France had to go in the fourth quarter. Paolo was picking it up. So you got to be able to recognize those little things. Um, but it's, it's, it's mostly, man. Mostly we'll make some, some weird decisions at times, and we have to live with it. What's going on, Magic fans? The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many unknown. When I'm looking to get on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, but I mean, overall, really good game. That's the type of game that you want to be able to mm-hmm. see. Um, uh, you and I, we've had this conversation already. We're not, we're not losing ourselves to to like, damn, I can't believe we lost again. And we kind of, we're just gonna ride out the season. We're gonna go with the yep. flow. We're gonna kind of go with what they give us. And all that we can really ask for is is a competitive game. And we we definitely we definitely had that. Um, a little a little inside. Um, my wife is is due any any moment now for us to be able to have a baby um due date is literally like now like i I might have to jump off this podcast in the next (laughs) few minutes if if she starts dilating but i was watching this game because we we had to go we had to go to the hospital i was watching the game at the hospital and man while we were in the waiting room i'm i'm watching the game on my cell phone i i got the airpods we're in the waiting room for about two hours so i was able to watch the game peacefully for like the first time in a long time so it was kind of (laughs) like a double-edged sword um but it was really hard for me to like control my emotions like you you got people in this room that aren't feeling good people are crying people are (laughs) are really upset i kind of felt bad because i had to hold my composure um, but I say that and say this, man. It, it was a it was a great competitive game, and I think that that's the that that's the outcome that you want. Win or lose, you want to be able to to watch these guys play competitively. You want them to play good basketball, good effort. Um, you want them to dive on the floor. Like I saw Kevon Harris, like just deep diving, just mm-hmm. full blown, full body in the air. Dennis Rodman, arm out, <laughs> like just giving his all on the floor. And you you want to see that effort. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and to your point, that's all we can ask for, right? So we, me and you both said it last week. We kind of gave up on this crazy hopes of, hey, playoff run. If it happens, we're rooting for that. Please, please, let's make the playoffs. If that's the case, playing, great. But realistically, let's be let's be honest. It's, it's a draft year. We know it. 
multiple teams are doing it. But all we can ask for is that play with energy, play hard, let these young guys grow in an environment where they're being challenged. What we saw last week, what we saw even earlier in the week, getting blown out by 20 points by halftime. That's not fun. You, nobody's getting better in that environment. Nobody's playing for exactly. fun anymore. So play hard, go out there and compete, and keep games close. In my mind, anything under 10 points, the Magic got a chance because they got a young team that can make a run at any time. Um, whenever I see the score in the 20 range, it's you can see the, mo- the morale of the team is completely gone. They don't want to be there. Just like we don't want to be watching the game. Um, so just compete, play hard, and as fans, honestly, forget about the score. Like we know, if you don't know yet, please know it. We're playing the draft game again. We are. Like that's gonna happen. So enjoy this guys, watch them develop, watch them grow this season, and we'll see what next year brings. Yeah, man. The these are like this Clippers game was a meaningful game. Playing against Giannis is a meaningful game. Playing against a really competitive team like Cleveland, these are meaningful games. So when we're getting blown out, like, yes, you can find things to learn from it, but these guys are going to develop the best when they're matching their talent, their their level of basketball with these competitive teams, Yep. right? Being able to watch Paolo Bancaro hit two really big clutch free throws back-to-back is really important for his development because in that environment, he he could he could get tense he can get tensed up and miss those free throws. Yeah, but this is this is the added value that you get from a player that played in in Coach K's final season at Duke. That had all the lights, the cameras, everything on him, all the pressure in the world. He's able to carry that. That's something that he's that's that's something that not every player in this draft is able to take with him. And in those pressure moments, Paolo was able to deliver. Definitely yep. overall even though it was a really, really bad start to the game. Really, really fun basketball game to watch. For sure. Now, before we transition, I want to ask you, what, what are your thoughts on ball ball? So we are obviously all in awe with what this kid can do. Obviously, he's played really, really well. One of the best, you know, up-and-coming players, if you ask me, in our roster right now. But I do want to ask you, one thing I've noticed with him, a little trend. Ball will have a great game. Where he'll Like last night, you know, highlight plays, 18 points, nine rebounds, two blocks. Filling up the stat sheet and doing making it look good out there. Then he has a game where he scored two points, no rebounds, and just kind of disappeared the whole game. What are your thoughts on that number one? And number two, what can coach mostly do to avoid that from happening? Because I feel like it's becoming a trend where he either is involved in the offense or he is not the entire game. What are your thoughts on ball so far? Yeah, he still hasn't played 82 games yet. In yeah. my eyes, he's still he's still a rookie. Uh, against the Clippers, he dropped 20 points. Against you know the Bucks, he only scored what two points. Like you, you're going to get these inconsistencies, and and I'm okay with it. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that that kind of look at Bo as a player that he's only playing as much as he's playing because we have injured players, and once these injured players come back in, you know his role is going to be reduced a little bit. I think that he is a player that is awfully unique. There's not another player in the NBA that can really do what he does at the level that he does it. Um, but it's fun. It's fun to watch. And he play. He impacts the game. Do I want she his does. defense? Do I want his defense to be a lot better? Hundred percent. Yes, I do. He does. He does great at you know perimeter blocking and and. But defense isn't just about blocking. You have to mm-hmm. be able to do you know a little bit of everything. The, does he turn over the ball? 
more often than he should 100 percent. he's not perfect you can you can nitpick any little thing from any one of our our players um inconsistencies is going to happen i want him to play more consistent basketball like you can't you can't go off and then just you know drop drop two points like you can't do that markel can do that <laughs> coming back from his injury um but he hasn't played 82 games yet in my eyes he's still a rookie and I think that you know eventually he's he's going to be able. The more the more pri- the more exposure that he gets, the more experience that he gets, it's only going to add more and more value to you know what he's able to bring to the court. Yeah, that's my exact same, same thought process. I think that it's inconsistent because he hasn't really played that that much. He's still kind of figuring things out. What I would like to see though, and I don't even think we see this very often from mostly like running plays for certain players. I don't think we ever run a play for him. I think it's more of kind of in the flow of the offense. He get a go, he gets it going. Um, I would like to see when he has, you know, two points, it's the third quarter, run a play for him some, some way, somehow, get him to the free throw line, get him an open look from three-point range. Because, again, to watch him play 20, 25, 30 minutes and put up two shots and score zero points doesn't make too much sense as a starter, you know. But other than that, that's the only thing that I wanted to kind of for us to discuss because other than that, this kid has been amazing so far. Uh, way better than we could have ever expected um, when we got him from the Celtics. That I mean, nobody had this coming. Yeah, and um, yeah, nobody at all. And I and I think that it's it's one a great basketball story. Two, he's there's no way that he's not in the conversation of most improved player. He's he's definitely Gotta has be. to be in that conversation. So I mean, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens still early on in the season. Um, transitioning into Jonathan Isaac, if you haven't heard, I know that you have, but if you haven't heard, Jonathan Isaac has been assigned to the Lakeland Magic to get more practice time. Um, so pretty much what they're doing, I he's not going to play any Lakeland Magic basketball games from my understanding. This is just for him to be able to do some practicing. He has done some five-on-five basketball, um, you know, outside of, of Lakeland. Right with, but it's only it's only with the coaches. It wasn't with actual basketball players. So he was actually finally able to run some five on five with basketball players with professional athletes. Um, so really, really good sign of him returning. But what are your thoughts on on the Magic finally making that next step, that next progression of maybe potentially seeing Jonathan Isaac in the very, very near future? I think it's it's the deja vu moment for me of last year with Markel Fultz. It was. Around the same time last year that we heard, hey, Markel's going to start training with Lakeland. Um, again, not playing in games, just going to practice. Um, so it gave me a deja vu. Like, all right, I think I, I've seen this story before. Um, the concerning part is Markel didn't really come back until late February since it was first announced that he had joined Lakeland in December. So it took two months before we saw Markel come back. With the way that GI is being treated, I would not be surprised if that carries on till March at some point. Again, I hope that I'm wrong. Oof. But all of that to say, we've said it before in this podcast. I'm not counting on J.I. J.I. doesn't exist as a magic player at this moment. He's a great individual off the court, like him as a human being. As a magic player, like if I'm putting a roster by, by memory, I'm not thinking J.I. right now. Because again, we haven't seen this kid play in almost three years. So... I hope he gets back. I hope we see him back soon. I'm just not thinking like, oh, Mark, he's going to be a great, you know, uh, player. He's going to be added to a roster, make us make a crazy run. No, because even when he does come back, he's going to play 10 minutes and then 12 and then 15. So I hope he gets back. It's good news. We finally got an update of some sort. 
I just don't think we'll see him on the court anytime soon. Yeah, shout out to Kobe Price for you know asking the the important questions around timetable and return. Obviously, they would, they'll never give us a direct response, but uh, Jonathan Isaac said, I can't necessarily put a timetable on it, but obviously he hopes to play as soon as possible. Um, he feels good. At the same time, he knows that definitely he got tired towards the end, something that he has to keep working on. The awareness piece of it has to keep coming. The quicker we get everything together, together, um, he'll be ready to go. So we really don't know how long he's going to be in Lakeland. But the biggest, the biggest thing is something that we already know is that conditioning is is the biggest piece. This is Jonathan Isaac coming out and saying, "Dude, I'm 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 going out there and I'm tired. Like I'm not. There's no way that I can play a real full blown NBA." game guarding the LeBrons and Giannis's when he's out there getting tired with G League players. And that part, I understand. I get it. So we know for a fact now that injury is not an issue. Jonathan Isaac is healthy. Right now, what the issue is, is conditioning. We need to be able to bring that conditioning up before we're able to put him on the floor. You know what kind of just catches my attention? The fact that at media day, he said, if it was up to me, I'll be playing today. He also said, uh, you know, uh, it's the front office decision or the medical staff decision. So this is when it gets interesting, where he now says in December, I have no timeline for my comeback. So it it's kind of like, wait, did the front office get to you? Or what changed? Because, because a few they months ago, you told us you could play. And not only that, he told Kobe Price a few weeks ago, if it was up to me, I could give you 10, 10 solid minutes right now on the team. Well, guess what? If you were healthy today, we don't need you for more than 10 minutes because we know that we're going to take it easy on you um, to return. So I don't know. That's a piece of it that gets me upset. It's like, all right, don't play with words. Be be up, be straight with me. Like, what is it? Are you ready? Are you now? Because even last year before his little setback, he had said by Christmas for sure. But actually, I can play today if, I, if they needed me to. So it's, man, it's been a year and a half since that yeah, comment I, that he made. Truthfully, I, I hate the baby step process of this all. Like, why do we have to send him down to Lakeland for him to do practice? Why why not why not practice with the Orlando Magic guys? Well, like, the problem is we don't practice. Like, if you look at the magic, nah, and I'm not even saying it in a bad way. I just mean like we have a lot of games coming up. And in the I don't know why NBA teams do this, because I think back to like my high school days, right? You played a game, the next day you went to practice and you practice and you play games. That's what you did all the time. In the NBA, I don't know if it's a new thing, but this year, I'm tracking it more closely. Bro, the Magic don't practice. Like, they practice once once this week. Today, they were off. No practice. Tomorrow, shoot around. I think they're having one finally. But they, he wouldn't get practice time if he just sat here in Orlando. So I think that's why they're doing that. It's basically go to Lakeland, get some reps there, because we don't have time to basically give you practice time with the guys right now. But doesn't make sense, bro. Doesn't make sense to me because, again, this guy's been recovering for from the setback for nine months now. And you're telling me you cannot give me 15, 20 minutes a night in a basketball court? That's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, my, my sentiments haven't changed in regards to Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac is a player that I've completely removed from my mind when it comes to his basketball team. And it won't change until they finally say that he's ready to play, that he's 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 playing, he's active, he's he's healthy, he's conditioned. Um, just because in my mind, Jonathan Isaac is, is the bonus. John, like, Jonathan Isaac to me was was our crutch, right? Mm -hmm. The team can only go as far as Jonathan Isaac was able to help us get carried to, 
right? Nicola wasn't enough. Evan was enough. Aaron Gordon was enough. Mark and Fultz was enough. Jonathan Isaac was that missing piece to be able to elevate this team to a point where we were able to make more noise. We never got to that point. It got to the point that we we kept waiting for him to be healthy and waiting and waiting and my God, waiting some more. Like it just didn't stop. And that's why I consider this draft to be so important for us because now we can wait as long as we want. Like, go ahead. Like, I honestly, honestly, if 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 you're right and he doesn't play until March, I'm not upset. I'm not upset anymore. I've lost my emotional capacity to be upset with Jonathan Isaac not yeah. playing. You know what I mean? And the and the fact that we now have Paolo um and we have Franz, that 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 allows me to be now even way more patient than I, I've ever have. And I'm I'm okay with it. Whenever they decide to play Jonathan Isaac, they decide to play Jonathan Isaac. If he has to go over to Lakeland to be able to, you know, do his conditioning, you know, I get it. What's important to remember, and this is something that I feel like I have to consistently like battle people with, it's like, dude, it's not Jonathan Isaac's fault, right? True. Jonathan Isaac wants to play basketball. It's not Jonathan Isaac stopping Jonathan Isaac from playing basketball. It's 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 the front office, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And my fear, and this is what I'm predicting. I'm predicting that the minute that Jonathan Isaac is ready to go, Franz is not going to be available. Oh, yeah. The hand injury. Something happened to a hand, hand injury now. Bro, we're, we're, down. We're, we're shutting down players left and right for God knows what reasons. Like I can't I can't keep track of it, right? And Franz, there's moments, like, even, even during the game, uh, the Clippers game, there was a moment that he fell, and I was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, get up. You okay? Yep. You're all right. <laughs> You're all right? Like, dude, we need you. Like, get up <laughs> please and um and and definitely that that hand injury is is you know it, it to me i i feel like it looks more severe than what what he's letting on and what the team's letting on um but i think that the minute that jonathan isaac is back and there's not like a minute restrictions and we we may we may not see like a fully healthy team like at all this year It'll be it'll be amazing if it does happen and we get we get to see even even if it's for a month two months to see what we got. But to your point, it's been well almost two months into the season so far, and it's been a rotation of guys come in, guys come out, guys come in, guys come out. It's just kind of been the the game that we're playing. Um, I know we got to transition to the next thing here, but really quickly, Jalen sucks too. Do you hear mostly talk about his injury and say that he's still hurting? He's been hurting throughout the season, and it's the same. Ink- injury or the same ankle that he had surgery on in the offseason. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, because, I mean, Jalen Suggs missed a ton of time last year with an injury. Second year, seems like it's about to be the same. Any concerns there for you? At some point, I feel like we're we're one day going to be able to have this podcast. And we're not we're not <laughs> talking about injuries anymore. I feel like we're beating a dead horse with these injuries. It's like nonstop, yep. back to back. It doesn't It doesn't ever slow down. Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks, man. Jalen Suggs, he's a player that, you know, regardless of of your feelings about the things that you do like, don't like, um, he's somebody that plays with energy, plays with heart. Um, defensively, he's really, really fun to watch. It sucks to to see him deal with this because I do feel like he was having um, a better season than last year. And the fact that he's mm-hmm. still struggling with his ankle, um, it, it definitely hurts because he is a one player that he needs as much exposure and experience as possible. And it's crazy because, like, even with Suggs missing all this time, you know, we're we're not 
RJ Hampton is not being utilized. Like he just had a DMP. Like you, you would think that he would be the next man to step in for, you know, Jalen Suggs, and that that is no, no. And mind you, again, we have no Gary Harris, we have no Jalen Suggs, we have Ross getting limited minutes. The minutes are going to Kevon Harris and Caleb Houston right now. So I I know that we kind of transition away from 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 the game. But you know, you you had mentioned it during the game. Like, why why is it like crunch time and Kevin <laughs> Harris is is in there? No disrespect to Kevon Harris, like zero disrespect. Um, but he, he's our two way guy. Like, why 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 why? Coach mostly, man, love him to death. But some of his decisions don't make any sense. That's all I'm gonna say. That's crazy. In- injuries are just gonna keep on happening until we decide that you know we're we're gonna be competitive and and start trying to make it to the playoffs all right let's get into paulo ben carroll so paulo ben carroll carroll finally retakes the number one spot in the nba.com rookie ladder which is awesome and amazing news because uh that's where he's supposed to be man like yep. no one's taking that from him and we need to hurry up and give him his award now before he gets hurt um in a rookie diary for ap news paulo had this to say about the orlando magic reboot he says it's going to take multiple years we know it's not going to happen in a week it's not going to happen in two weeks. It's not going to happen with one player or one adjustment. This could take one year. It can take two years. It can take three years. It's <laughs> not just an overnight success, right? So he's he's pretty much, you know, being the wise man that says, like, listen, I, it, the games are tough. You can't expect us to, to get it all together right away. It's going to take us some time to be able to get there. But what I like about it is, like, the way that I'm I'm reading it, it's the fact that it sounds like, yeah, it's going to take us some time, but you best believe we're where we will be there. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to hear that from your number one guy, um, because, you know, we mentioned this, this, this last episode that we had last week that he's not used to losing. He's never lost never this much. Right. So the fact that, you know, this is adversity and this is something that he's going to have to learn from and grow from. Um, I, I think that it's, it's going to be fun, man. It's, it's going to be fun to see what this team ends up looking like in the next few. Um, but I, I hate the fact that he said three years. Like, do we have to wait that long? Three? Yeah, I don't, I don't think three years is acceptable. I think um, I do like the fact that, like you said, for being our number one guy, our number one pick, coming in, losing more than he's ever had, the fact that he is saying, you know, I understand that patience, it's going to take a little longer than maybe we all want. Um it's good to hear. It's refreshing because we're all concerned, right? We're like, oh my God, this guy's going to get used to all this losing and want to leave Orlando and all this stuff, right? That's all the fears that we have. But the fact that he's thinking this way leads me to believe, once again, the front office was honest with him and said, hey, listen, go out there, ball out. We'll play hard. We'll do the best that we can. But I, I don't know. I don't know if the front office is, is honest or not with their guys and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but the fact that he is okay with being patient gives me some kind of relief. Number one. Number two, Look around the league. Who are the teams that we've been trying to rebuild with at the same time? It's Houston, it's Troy, it's OKC, it's us. Out of those four teams, the only one that's doing a little bit better for now is OKC. They got, what is it, 11 wins maybe? So five more than us so far. Everyone else is worse than us or equally as bad as we are. So that tells me we're not the only one that's trying to rebuild and stuck in this land of can I move forward? And mind you, we just started this rebuild a year and a half ago. 
right? We know that we cannot count the years before. This is this truly started when we traded Vooch, which was a year and a half ago. That's right. So let's be honest. It's not like if you told me that Houston, you know, was 15 and eight and they're number four in the West and Detroit is playing, you know, seventh seed in the East. And here we are, bottom of the league again. That would be painful. Because I'm like, man, like this teams around us are building and, and they're doing it right. Why can't we? So right. with that being said, I, I do think that there is a path towards where we want to be. I think that Paulo understands that path. I think Francis as well. Nobody likes to lose. And I do see that all these injuries and the ins and outs of players coming in, coming out, it has to do with testing them to say who fits in with this team, who can handle the longer minutes, fitting in with Paulo, fitting in with Franz. Eventually, we got to see everyone together to see how they all look together. But it's weird what's going on right now. And very quickly, back to J.I., I wouldn't be surprised if all this J.I. thing hold up is you move Mobamba at some point because maybe he's not fitting in. And now you open up minutes for J.I. to play that four or five position, whatever it may be, because now Bamba is no longer on the team. Um, RJ Hampton, if you end up trading him, now you got minutes for whoever else as a guard needs to get more minutes. So it's kind of weird what's going on with the team right now. We won wins, but I think, like Paulo was saying, let's be realistic. Teams around us are not much better than we are. Those that are rebuilding. It's an amazing draft coming up. And what I'm hearing is a 24 and 25 draft are not that great. So this is the draft. If you want to tank one more time to do it for, that's what we're doing. So... It, it just we need those those ping pong balls to bounce our way to add more talent to what we have because if that's the case it'll be amazing. If we end up dropping, it's all for nothing. But it's refreshing. But at the same time, it's kind of like man, we won, we won wins. We we we're craving that badly in Orlando. Yeah, just one one more. What's what's one more draft? It's one more year. I'm cool with that. I'm not cool with three. That that would be ridiculous. We're looking at what 2026. Nah, man, we we can't wait that long. No, we can't wait that long. We we we've been waiting enough. Yeah, no, we can't do that. All right, man. No. This week ahead, we got we got Friday. So today against Raptors, Sunday against Raptors, Wednesday against you know good old Atlanta Hawks. I I really I really don't like the Hawks. I really I really don't like the Hawks. Like at all. Good thing that yeah, Wooly Murray. Love to see that. Got hurt, so he actually won't be playing in that game. We played him twice in the next two weeks. He won't be playing either one of those games, so we won't have to see him and his little antics on the court at least. I really don't like dogs. Let's, yeah. let's get that W. <laughs> All right, man. On that no really good episode. Um, we'll we'll see what ends up happening with Jonathan Isaac, man. I, I hope that you know his time in Lakeland isn't as long um as we're kind of predicting. But um, that's right, man. On that note, thank you guys for listening. Catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.